I was really surprised by some of these numbers, and I think you will be too. Um, the Youthful Cities Real Affordability Index recently came out, okay, and it reported that Canada's big cities have pretty much, in a lot of ways, just become unaffordable for young people in this country. And it's not just, you know, Vancouver and Toronto that we're talking about here either. We're talking about two-thirds of Canadian cities. The cost of living there is almost out of reach for a lot of young people. And uh, just wait to hear some of these numbers. So we're going to have a discussion now with Fadumo Diri, who is a senior data analyst with Youthful Cities. Uh, Fadumo, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited about today's conversation about affordability. It's really, I was, you know, reading through some of the, the numbers here, I was shocked to find, this is the one that leapt out. For Canadians between the ages of 15 and 29, living in a city will run you a monthly deficit of $750 on average? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that this index really um, revealed is that it didn't really matter what city young people live, whether it's a small city or mid-size or even our big cities, that at the end of the day, it was unaffordable to live in any of those cities. Um, and they have to make sacrifices such as, um, you know, cutting out entertainment, transportation, dining out, and essentially isolating themselves in order just to break even each month. Okay, so let's go through that. When we're talking about a $750 deficit, so what's being paid? What is sort of like, you know, when you add up, okay, this is the cost of living in the city and this is the average income or whatever the case may be. What does that cost break down to? Obviously, it's the cost of, you know, having a place to live that's the driving factor, right? Yeah, I mean, when we look at costs, we notice that the two driving forces of cost is education and rent. Uh, no surprise there. Um, Those are the big ones. In terms of wages, uh, even the fact, you know, over the past several years, we've seen most Canadian jurisdictions raise minimum wage to a quote-unquote livable wage. Sounds to me like we haven't hit a livable wage, right? No, you know, regardless of which city we're looking at, none of the cities are hitting the minimum wage. We're looking at a a livable wage above $19 on average. Uh, So we have a long way to go. Um. Are, are, so what's what's the alternative? I guess that's the question. If you, I mean, if you're if you're going to school, or or I mean, if you're a young person, you're not moving out to the to the rural communities. I mean, that's just not an option. So, are people just accumulating massive amounts of debt? What are you finding when you speak to young people about the cost of living in Canada right now? I think what we're what we're noticing is just. I think rent is one of the biggest concerns for them. You know, here in Toronto, where I live, if you want to live in the downtown core area, it's about $2,000. And mm-hmm. if I want to move to the to the outskirts, about 1700 So I think what we're noticing is, like, it doesn't matter what area they want to live in, uh, in any of the cities, that rent cost is really driving their uh, the deficit for them, especially. It's is there anything that people can do to sort of help themselves win the battle here? Are there certain things that young people can do to make it a bit better? I wouldn't say something young people can do. I think what we did was also create some targets that we hope 
um, each one of these cities can experience in the next three years. We think raising the minimum wage by $5 um, in each of the provinces and territories will help, even reducing costs in either education, public transportation, or housing can really help them kind of balance out the cost uh, and kind of make more of a surplus each month. Um, so you're looking to government in the meantime, I mean, we know how long that can take if it yeah. ever happens in the meantime, are there other agencies or is there other efforts being undertaken to try and improve things? I think if we really want to see really significant changes in this affordability crisis, we do need the partnerships of government. Uh, there's very limit what young people can do. We don't want them to, you know, when we talk about affordability, we are not really looking about, uh, just meeting the bare minimal for survival. We're looking at having our young people having access to opportunities to help them develop and thrive. And we, in order to do that, we do need, you know, the different stakeholders that make these type of decisions to really kind of come together uh, and kind of figure out ways that, uh, you know, different policy changes to address the issue. I think it's above, it's outside of the, the abilities that young people can do in yeah. terms of like, addressing the issue. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, the numbers are, are, are breathtaking in a lot of ways. Fadumo, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. That is Fadumo Deary, who is with um, Youth Cities, Youthful Cities, sorry, Youthful Cities. She's a senior data analyst with Youthful Cities. And yeah, I mean, the cost that, you know, they are in this report, the monthly deficit is $750. And the, the overwhelming factor is... Uh, the cost of finding a place to live. That's the, you know, there's a shortage of supply, rents. I mean, we've talked about it so many times on the show, right? The affordability of housing in um, in this country just seems to be on all ends. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're living. It's having an impact. It's really causing problems.